0: Welcome, everyone, to Living Life Now Ingredients for Thriving in the Modern World, where I hope each week to share a little bit of something that makes your life just a tad sweeter, brighter, and maybe even a little bit inspired. Today's topic is compassion. Wait, don't run, I promise, we're going to make it fun. The reason I wanted to make compassion the focus today was that I've been thinking a lot about it lately, and I've come to realize that I've been in and out of it myself. Through this whole COVID experience, the recent tragic loss of several black men, including George Floyd, and the crazy divisiveness that permeates our country, it's taken everything I have to muster mine. So it seems this is an essential time to explore what I believe to be a most essential quality compassion. And what is compassion? Let's start with its meaning. The dictionary definition, and I still have my soft cover American Heritage Dictionary, third edition from high school, which was just a few years ago, which says, compassion is deep awareness of the suffering of others. Deep awareness of the suffering of others. Pima Chodron, a well-known American Tibetan Buddhist nun, breaks it down a bit further saying, compassion for others begins with kindness to ourselves. So we're going to take a deeper dive into compassion today, and I can't think of anyone better to take this journey with than my guest. Born in New York City to a jazz loving father and a folk singing mother, Eliza Swords was destined for the world of creativity. From the playgrounds of Broadway to the Hollywood Hills, She left New York for Occidental College and fell madly in love with L.A. After working in the film industry for many years, doing almost every job there is to work on a movie set, including taking care of a very young Kristen Stewart, Eliza found herself drawn to study human consciousness and spirituality, getting her master's degree in spiritual psychology. In this process, she affirmed her love for not only the human race, but for writing about it. She has recently completed her first novel based on her father's work in the civil rights movement entitled The Bellflower, which takes place in Mississippi during the civil rights movement. I'm 100 pages in, it is a page turner, and I'm finding that it's really compassion that's at the heart of this novel. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me to welcome Eliza Swords. Hello, Eliza.
1: Hi.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for being (laughs) here today.
1: Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. And thanks for reading my
0: novel. Oh, absolutely. Just 300 pages left to go. (laughs) I have compassion for have compassion for me as your reader. (laughs) So I really want to know, because I think of you as one of the most compassionate and loving people that I know. And I feel like that essence of compassion is so present in The Bellflower. And I want to know from your mouth to our ears what is compassion to you
1: well first of all thank you for that reflection it's so it's so lovely and when you um first asked me to be on this do this in this show I was like am I compassionate and then <laughs> um I really gave me the opportunity to think about what that meant to me and how I do show up in that and yes I I've agree with you. I think compassion is a huge part of the bellflower as well as, um, forgiveness and understanding. And I think those things and acceptance and those things really go hand in hand. And, um, you know, when I really get quiet and go to the deepest, hardest, not hardest, heart, heart, heartiest, the center of the heart on compassion the thing that comes forward for me is love. It's, mm. it's just love. It's um, unwavering, unconditional, totally accepting of all things mm. and understanding that there is much more at play than I could possibly imagine even.
0: Mm. Can I share something love. here with you?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I was looking at quotes and one of them I found was from Thomas Merton who said compassion is the keen awareness of the interdependence of all things. And I I feel like that speaks in part to what you're saying is when I'm able to have compassion for all of my brothers and sisters in the world, it is a recognition that we're connected. And it's only when there's a sense of disconnection, separateness that I lose my sense of compassion. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like in my own family, as an example, many of us are conservative. I'm very liberal. And it's like, if I see us as separate and so different, it's very easy to cut my loving or compassion off for them. But I love them. They're my family. So, you know, they see things different differently than I do but who cares <laughs> at the end of the day you know what i mean like
1: yeah i mean it's it's such a it's it's you know there's this simple way to look at it and then there's also like it's so layered and it's so complex and especially with everything that's going on in the world right now it's like because i know that the experience that i have a lot of the time is you know, if there's a difference of opinion or a difference of value or belief,
0: which there is a lot, of
1: course, of course, I feel separate from that person. And then I go into judgment and I, I go both into judgment and because of my codependent history, I go into like, oh, my God, I need them to like me. So do I need to change myself? And there's all this just mm. constant like barrage of inner inner questioning inner judgment both for myself and for somebody else and i think at the end of the day though if i can like get back to that most simplified version of acceptance accepting loving understanding like unconditional acceptance loving and understanding i love like, that it it becomes something else and it's like okay and then i go into like well i don't need to know why this person thinks that And I'm, but I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, there's this, like, I mean, our our spiritual teachers have often said, like, people don't wake up in the morning and go, how can I screw somebody's life up today? Like, how can I make it harder for somebody today? Hmm. My personal belief is that hurt people hurt people. And we're in a, um, really interesting time right now where there's a lot of hurt and a lot of people feel unheard, unseen, unconsidered and And unsafe. um,
0: I think a lot of people have a tremendous lack of a sense of safety in their lives. And I think that
1: when it comes to compassion, it's like, for me, and maybe this is selfish, But compassion somehow makes it all, like, it. it, I turn it over with compassion. It's like, I can't pretend to understand this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to love everybody involved.
0: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, (laughs) I, I posed this question on social media earlier this week. And I said, like, what would the world be like if everyone was compassionate, right? Uh, But I asked people, what did they experience compassion as? How do they define it? How are they experiencing it? And let me share with you a few things that people said. I I thought there were some really brilliant comments. So Sherry from New York on Facebook shared that compassion without discernment um, was the comment that she made. And I was thinking like, oh, I really love that. Like just have unbearable con- compassion all the time. Like don't discern.
1: Right, <laughs> just it's, it's just not, be it's, compassionate. It's not conditional. It's like, well, I can right. only have compassion for you if you paid your taxes. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I can only have compassion for you if you're anti-racist. No, no, no. That's not how it works.
0: It's right. Like, right. I can only have compassion for you if you're a Democrat.
1: Right. right. Or a Republican. No. Like, or an independent. That, see, And because that in and of itself, I think, creates the same separation that you were talking about earlier. It's like it's it's got to be unconditional.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Valerie from England on Facebook called it a dance. And she was saying that Mm -hmm. she does her best to come back to it when she finds herself judging. Right. And then Laura Mm -hmm. from Texas on Instagram said her experience of compassion has been like a roller coaster ride. Man, can I relate to that?
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, the dance and the roller coaster, because it's hard to be unconditional.
0: Right. And to be compassionate. (laughs) I mean, that's why we're talking about it, right?
1: Yeah. A lot of people... Because I think... Go ahead.
0: Well, a lot of people, when they responded on Facebook and Instagram, I would say the one through line I saw in the responses was that compassion is a process... And it takes a real clear intention to be compassionate. And it is incredibly imperfect.
1: (laughs) Well, and one of the things that I don't know if we've touched on uh, as deeply as we could yet is how you got to start with yourself. Yeah. Like, it's got it's It's virtually impossible to be compassionate towards others. If you can't be compassionate towards yourself, because in my experience, it goes like this. It's like I'm judging. Can I can I curse on this podcast?
0: Uh, I, I, I'm not sure.
1: PG-13. I'm judging the bleep out of someone, you know, for something that they're doing or not doing.
0: Well, this, so this is. Thank you. This. Oh, my God. I was trying to pull this quote up. Pima uh, children. Children you know she's the american tibetan buddhist nun she broke con- this is how she broke it down compassion for others begins with kindness to ourselves it's this is
1: what you're saying i mean and like this is what getting back to the beginning it's forgiveness it's like they're all so i think i'm just realizing this now actually so thank you for giving me the opportunity to pull this <laughs> together but like they're all so interconnected it's
0: mm-hmm. like
1: i'm judging The bleep out of somebody for, I don't know, let's say voting for Trump. And uh, how could you, how could you do that? How could you possibly do that? And I can't quite have compassion for them until I let myself off the hook for judging them in the first place. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So I forgive myself for judging them for having different values than I do. Mm. Like the truth is we're all allowed to have our own values, you know, and your values might not be my values and beliefs. And I might not agree with you, but that doesn't make you any less worthy or valuable. And, and we all have, it's like, it's like, there are 7. What, what, eight now billion Billion. different ways to, to interpret the world and <laughs> right. there's 7.8 billion different ways to grow and evolve. And ultimately I think that's what we're doing here. And you can't get there without discourse and you can't have, yeah, discourse well, if everybody has the same opinion.
0: I think this is part of what makes Instagram and especially Facebook, mm-hmm. um, uh, slippery landscape (laughs) Mm -hmm. because people are expressing their opinions and oftentimes they're presenting them as facts. Yeah. And I think we've gotten into a lot of (laughs) trouble around that because other people see something and go, oh, I didn't know that. But it was just someone's opinion. It wasn't necessarily a fact.
1: Or Or other people see something and go like, that's not true you know, and like attack and go into attack right. mode. And then we get into which belief. Which again, yeah. which again brings us back to the like bottom separation part of it, you know? So I think, I mean, I have this little working theory that if I did, I can't remember if we talked about this yet, but like if we all valued our own life and our own loving and our own connection to source or spirit or God or mama Gaia or, you know, fill in your higher power here, even if it's salt and straw, ice cream, you know, right. Which is ice um, cream.
0: Everybody who doesn't know, I still yeah, prefer Jenny's delicious. over salt and straw. Sorry. Well,
1: you did not have the flavor <laughs> I had last night, but uh, <laughs> anyway, fill in your, higher these are the ice here. cream like, wars. If we if we all like really valued and honored ourselves as divine emanations of love, like that's who we were. If I woke up every morning knowing in every cell of my body that I am as worthy as the ocean. I am a drop in the ocean and I am just as worthy as the ocean. I am as everybody else. As we and all I walked are. outside of my door and saw that reflected back to me and everybody I saw it's I mean it's all just projection the world is just projection Mm. so what I'm seeing outside of myself is what's actually going on inside of myself so if I'm miserable and disconnected and have low value of life then I'm going to go out into the world and feel threatened by everybody I see Mm. but if I'm connected and loving and sourced and taking care of myself so that I can take care of others and you know in a place where I can even get to acceptance, understanding and forgiveness. Cause there, there are a lot of people that are just still in survival and just feel threatened all the time.
0: Right. It goes back to the safety you know? piece.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I'd
0: like to bring it back to ice cream for a second because I think it's mm-hmm. important. Um, people have a certain image about Los Angeles and that everybody here is on a keto diet and just tanning all day, I guess at the beach. But mm-hmm. truthfully, we're eating ice cream and like some of the best ice cream around. It's true. So I just wanted to clarify that for the record. It's true.
1: And, and that's part of, you know, sometimes we eat a little too much ice cream and you have to have well, compassion for your stomach. Y-
0: you do. And I think that <laughs> if everybody ate ice cream, the world would be a better place.
1: Well, that's for sure. It you definitely know? leads straight so, into that. But, yeah. but to, <laughs> Close the circle <laughs> on my thought, although there's always room for ice cream. Yeah. Um, it's like that's where it begins. and you and having compassion for ourselves is getting into that place of loving for ourselves and and loving for others. And I guess you know, I'm very fortunate, very fortunate to be able to say that I'm not in survival mode, you know, but mm-hmm. even even in survival mode, we can still, have compassion. You can still have have an unwavering, unconditional acceptance, loving, and forgiveness for anything that's going on, which and, is so hard.
0: Well, and I think to speak to that because there was a a fellow New Yorker, Eliza and I are both from New York originally, on Instagram who talked about having a lot of compassion and at the lo- at the same time. Sadness as they've watched what's been going on with coronavirus and protesting and violence and everything that's been in flow the past few months. And towards the end, as we were sharing back and forth, um, they said, You know, I'm just doing my best and I'm trying to see this as an opportunity. And I would add to that, Yeah, it's an opportunity for learning, for healing. And I think that you and I know that when something triggers us, right, when we start to get upset about something, it's usually an opportunity, right? Like there's
1: always, always, always an opportunity. There's
0: something there. And if we can be compassionate with ourselves as well as whatever it is or whoever it is that's triggered us. We're going to be able to resolve that upset much more quickly than if we just stay in the upset and the judgment. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's, it makes me think of something you were saying earlier. Oh no, I just lost it about, um, the right and wrong paradigm. It's like yeah. if we could just dissolve the right and wrong paradigm, <laughs> I mean, that would be incredible <laughs> in and of itself. But like,
0: that would be a miracle and Come
1: to a place where it's like, you know, I, I was doing a, a Carolyn Mace, um, workshop a couple weeks ago. And for anybody who doesn't know Carolyn Mace, she's a really incredible spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. And she was saying God. And again, fill in your God there, um, is impersonal and intimate. It's impersonal Meaning. and intimate. It's it's not personal to you. Coronavirus, let's take an example, is not personal to you. It's hitting everyone. And things that happen, it's like, like the bigger picture. It's not the stuff that happens to you that we, God, why did you do this to me? God, God. It's impersonal. It's, oh, not, I see. Like, I see. it's not like, oh, I'm going to smite you specifically with this thing. But it's also like the most intimate relationship there is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the, I, when I think about dissolving the right and wrong paradigm, that's what I think about. It's like, I'm not gonna take it personally. I can't personalize, well, I could, but I suffer more mm-hmm. when I personalize what is happening to me. Instead, I, if I can get a little bit, I mean, not a little bit, if I can get as neutral as possible and say, what is happening? What is happening is happening, and how can I grow from it? And how can I learn yeah. from it?
0: I think that um, was one of the the huge reasons that Don Miguel Ruiz that book, The Four Agreements, was so successful mm-hmm. was that one of them was "Don't ever take anything personally,"
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which I think made yeah. a lot of people think like, "What? Don't yeah. take it personally?"
1: Yeah. And okay. In, in an interesting way, compassion. I don't know, like this might be kind of out there, this thought, but in an interesting way, compassion almost extends that to like take everything impersonally and just love it. Just love it all.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a big ask for a lot of people. And I, I really hear what it's you're a saying. a
1: big ask for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because and also there's...
0: It really is like you
1: don't want to buy that that. roller coaster. Right. And the dance. It's that dance dance. between human humanness and divinity, humanness and divinity. It's like in in physical world reality. My dad and I talk about this all the time because he's very like um, very into mankind's moral obligation to be good. So you can imagine what the dissolution of right and wrong and good and bad, the conversations we get into. But like we talk about all the time in physical world reality this thing that just happened is awful. Mm-hmm. I can in, in earth, the uh, goal line, physical world reality, look at this thing that happened and go, that's awful. I can place a judgment on it for being awful because in physical world reality, murder and rape and child molestation is, is awful. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's awful. In spiritual world reality, it's, an opportunity for deeper compassion and deeper loving and understanding and acceptance and growth. And those two well, things. Well, it's,
0: this is interesting. And to put plug a story in here, just to sort of give people an example of this. I have a friend who is a poet and a father. He's got two kids and his brother was murdered in Chicago. And he wrote a piece of poetry and then a book about his process of forgiveness towards this person who murdered his brother. And when wow. you read it, the depth of process that he went through to get there. And by doing so, he freed himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like that old Buddhist saying, like by holding that rock of anger,
0: you're burning you're yourself. You're burning
1: yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, there, but it's also equally important to acknowledge one of the things that I just heard you say, and really struck me was the depth of process. Like, yes, we still yeah. have to feel our feelings, we have to acknowledge them, feel them, let them up and out. And in our culture is still, uh, I mean, we've grown a lot, but we're still especially towards men, you know, very, like, What's wrong with you? Why are you crying so much? You know, just get over it. Just power through, just push through. Well, and to that doesn't work. And could might actually have something to do with this disconnection piece we've been talking about.
0: Well, to quote one of our great philosophers of our time, Prince.
1: <laughs>
0: That's right, the Best purple
1: forever. Prince. Yep.
0: Uh, Prince said that compassion is an action word with no boundaries.
1: Mm, I love that. Isn't that great? That's so good. So, Well, Eliza, thank you so much for
0: your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I mean, I could talk
1: about this forever, obviously. It's it's such a good concept. And I hope that um, anybody listening, you know, I hope that it opens some new lines of thought and inquiry because that's all we're doing here is growing, you know. When having compassion for ourselves during that process is like number one. Yeah.
0: And these are ideas, thoughts for contemplation, you know. And if you do want to get a hold of Eliza Swords, you can reach out to her on our website, ElizaSwords.com.
1: I think and that's still true. It you is true. You can also dry-checked. find me on Instagram or Facebook.
0: And you can find her on Instagram and Facebook. And again, Eliza, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your heart. And I can't wait for the bellflower to come out.
1: Oh gosh, thank you. And can, can I just say one thing about that? It's, you know, as I was writing that book, um, it's a book about the civil rights movement in 1966 and it's not easy to tackle that topic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and why did you end up that
0: choosing that as the topic?
1: My father, because my father was an early civil rights lawyer uh, in 1966 in a tiny town called Grenada, Mississippi. And this it's based on um, his experience there. And then it just took off. And this whole story just sort of came through me. I am definitely one of those people that's going to, you know, that says, it, I did not write this book. This book used my hands to write itself. And I feel so blessed for that. But compassion really is at the heart of it and you know when you try and get into I don't know I can't even begin to unpack racial understandings and stuff like me mean, we're all starting to do that now thank god in a much mm-hmm. deeper level um it's time it's way overdue time yeah. you know it's long yeah. long long overdue time yeah it seems
0: um, like we are peeling an onion with this. It's like we get one layer and then there's another one and then another one and another one and on and on and
1: on. And you know, I think, I think one of the things that's happening that I'm seeing and sort of realizing is that I think that the majority of us, well, I hope that the majority of us, certainly a lot of us right now are ready to go to that deeper level in the onion and ready to start to take responsibility and ready to like, wake up to a different way of relating to each other while we heal our ancestral wounds, you know, and compassion. We have got to have compassion. It's key. It's like the number one tool with yeah. this stuff. Cause it's, it's the like, key ingredient. Isn't our it? forefathers didn't know what they were doing. I mean, they didn't, that was how they were. That's just, that's just how it was like, And one of the things that I hope my book really captures is how people fall into ways of being without even knowing why, like, why, why am I treating this person differently? It's just what I fell into. Wait, I don't really understand. We're not different. And start to question like, where does your, where do your structures come from and how can we forgive where they came from while creating new ones moving forward?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's really how one of the best ways we can use compassion right now. And the bellflower hopefully taps into that. And so thank you for shouting it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Eliza, again, thank you. And again, if you all would like to get a hold of Eliza Swords, Instagram, Facebook, or on the web at Eliza Swords. Mm -hmm. Take care. Thanks, Barry. Love you. Love you, too. You can reach today's guest at www.elizaswords.com and at Eliza Swords on both Instagram and Facebook. I also wanted to give everyone some resources to check out on the web. One of them is thecompassionproject.com thecompassionproject.com which teaches compassion to kids in school another resource might be a Facebook group called Love, Compassion, and Peace if you're wanting to join a group for support and this is a group that's led by a friend of mine, John Crutzen or simply start a conversation about compassion with a friend that could be a great place to start A special thank you to iTunes, Spotify, and Google Music for being the amazing platforms for podcasting that they are. And of course, I want to thank my amazing producer, Aaron Davies, for podcast production, editing, and mastering. And you can find Aaron at the Growl Lodge. That's right, Growl. www.growlodge.com. You can reach our incredibly talented music man, Ian Taylor, at iantaylormusic.bandcamp.com. Again, you can reach Ian at iantaylormusic.bandcamp.com. A few closing thoughts. Lately, I ask this question a lot to myself. Is it better to be right or loving? Is it better to be right or loving? And from the Dalai Lama love and compassion are necessities, not luxuries. Without them, humanity cannot survive. Thanks everyone for joining our conversation today. I hope you enjoyed it. Be well, share the love, please. And remember, we're all in this together. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Barry Olden Clark on Instagram, Facebook, and on the web. Take care.